Hey listeners, Dr. Taryn Marie here from Flourish or Fold Stories of Resilience. If our podcast speaks to you, consider leaving us a warm review at the top of the page on Spotify or at the bottom of the page on Apple Podcasts. Your reviews and opinions mean a lot to us, and it allows us to reach more good folks just like you. All right, now on to the show. Welcome to Flourish or Fold, Stories of Resilience. I'm Dr. Taryn Marie, and on this series, we have the opportunity to hear from well-known people who tell their often surprising, lesser well-known stories of resilience. Today, we have an incredible guest, Heidi Powell. She's half of the dynamic duo that brought us extreme weight loss. And she has focused on what creates real and true transformation. She's a serial entrepreneur. She's a world-renowned transformation expert. And as you'll find in our podcast, Heidi is rethinking the word transformation and thinking about a different perspective along the lines of what it means to truly change and grow as humans. Take a listen. Ah, welcome back to Flourish or Fold Stories of Resilience. We have such an incredible guest with us, Heidi Powell. Now, ladies and gentlemen, if you do not know who Heidi Powell is, if you haven't seen her, I don't know how you missed her because she is a network television host. She's a certified personal trainer. She's a world-renowned transformation expert and a New York Times best selling author. Heidi, welcome to Flourish or Fold. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me. This is like, you know, we talked for a minute before and I'm even more excited now about what we're about to dive into. So let's go. I'm (laughs) so excited to dive in too. And, And I'm amazed because you mentioned you have your children home from school today. Yeah. That you're, that you're even able to like think or String a sentence together. I'm not able to do that very well when my children are home. Well, I, I mean, they're almost always home. It feels like so. I I gotta figure it out. It's like you just. <laughs> I, I might not be firing on all all cylinders. So if you catch something, no, it's because I I swear these holiday weekends just keep popping up, and I have to like lock the door. And nine out of ten times, I'm getting a knock back there. So if there is a knock, you'll know who it is. It's just real life. Yeah, it is it real is. life happening. Well, we talked about this idea of resilience and challenge and how challenge is a really key element when we think about our growth and development. And so for you, with all of your accomplishments and this incredible journey that you continue to be on, talk to us a little bit about, for you, what has been a challenge that has really significantly formed you into the woman you are today? The hardest part about it, it's it's easy because there are so many and it's hard because there are and have been so many. So to know which one to choose is uh, difficult. I mean, everything from, you know, I had a decade long eating disorder and body dysmorphia. And it's funny because I, it, it was so long ago, it was like 16 years old to 26 years old. It was, you know, a decade and a half ago is where I felt like I was at the tail end of it, but still to this day on a phone conversation I was having with somebody last night, I found myself talking about details of it that 
I'm like, oh man, there's still healing to do there because there was shame mm-hmm. and embarrassment as I said it. And I had said to him, I don't think I've ever told anyone that part of it. Right. So, because there's, we, there, these challenges are things that hold us down and give us that shame, um, or can create shame until we can share and be vulnerable. And I love it. Cause when I find a pocket of hurt today from something I thought I was over, I'm like, oh man, this means something good can come out of this. Like this means there's more growth around this, right? My eating disorder, I think is at least to my audience, pretty well known. And that was such a huge thing that shaped me into who I was, but you know, this, and we talked about this before the call, we are constantly evolving, right? And the challenges that, you know, I had back then that shaped me so much over the decade, I was on the show, extreme weight loss is totally different than now, right? I would say now for me, a challenge that I have found has shaped me so much over the past, mm, since the show ended. Mm. So 2015 to now, so seven years, mm-hmm. it has been, I say this as a phrase that many people say, although I don't believe it, right? I, it's being a woman in a man's world was really mm. shocking for me. Uh, very, very shocking going from, so I was raised, there's two parts of this. And then also, and I'll say the other one, it's me having been raised with a very fixed mindset Mm. and understanding the growth is possible. Right. And because I, I I always believed you were born with what you were born with. And I still have to, like, I've learned so much since, but it's very different. So I was raised in a family of three brothers and a very strong male father, very strong. So my mom was sweet, submissive, right. Right but I was one of the boys. I was treated like one of the boys. I thought I was a boy. Like it was a, you know, I, I was a little puppy in a pack of wolves and I thought I was a wolf and I did. And I, I am like them in so many ways. And I'm very, I've had, you know, energy healers be like, you have a lot of masculine energy. Let's like focus on balancing the feminine, right? All the things. Cause I just, I have passion. I have creativity. I have all, and get it, you know, stick to itiveness, all the things. And I want to get things done. I just, I love life. And there's a lot of fire in me. Mm. Um, and it's always been that way. I, again, did not know what I was capable of. And over the course of the show, right, I entered this realm after a decade-long eating disorder and did not know what I was capable of. I did not know. I thought I, I married Chris Powell after my eating disorder. And I was like, wow he's meant for greatness. Like people like him are meant for greatness. Like I was the person who, for some reason I had straight A's in high school. I, you know, graduated with honors, all of the things, but there was something about the way that I was raised that had me believing I was only meant for what I was inside of, right? Like I was always told I was smart. I was always told I was athletic until I wasn't smart or athletic until I ended up getting, you know, I I got injured. And when I got injured, it meant, you know, I couldn't work out. And if I couldn't work out, I wasn't athletic. And so it was that, you know, I I was always praised based on a noun, not a verb. Like you are smart. You Mm. are a genius. You are this, so, or you are an athlete. So when I wasn't an athlete, I, in my mind, I thought I was a nobody, right. Or I wasn't good enough. I wasn't smart enough. And so that triggered for me, my eating disorder, which then became a disorder, disorder, disorder that had me, it was an addiction. Um, that then pulled me away from everything else in my life. I, I, I caused me to go into college and get 
terrible grades. So suddenly I was no longer smart. Mm -hmm. And all of these things that my dad and mom had told me I was, I wasn't when I was on my own. And it spiraled me down. And I thought I am broken. I am unfixable. You can't teach old dogs new tricks. Tigers can't change their stripes, right? All of these things that we hear. And I had no idea you and I talked before about neuroplasticity and the, our ability to actually grow. I did not understand that until I met Chris. And when I met Chris, seeing him dream and do and create. And I was like, oh man, he has a dream. He's a dreamer. I'm a doer. I knew I could work harder than anyone else. I knew I could do, I knew I could all of these things. So I went from being a person who didn't think she could do anything to, oh my gosh, hold on. Look, look what I just accomplished. Oh my gosh, look what I, so it was one success after another, after another, after another showed me over the course of a decade. And suddenly I was on TV. I'm like, what the heck? None of these things I've asked for, not one single thing did I ask for. I just worked hard and did it with so much passion and love that it's like, almost like God or the universe was like, here, Heidi, this is where you're meant to be. And this is where I'll get mm -hmm. emotional. I'm space with, everything I, uh, with everything I'm doing now, you know, and the things we'll talk about, none of it was ever a thing that I dream, dreamt of. Never. Mm -hmm. I never had a dream to do or be. I just have passion and love and belief in other people, right? Until I could believe in myself because I finally realized what I was doing. But on the show, I believe this girl who was, you know, I didn't realize how hard Hollywood was because I was kind of protected by my male counterpart, Chris, who everybody wanted to make happy. And so while I was his manager and I was pulling the strings and doing the things and I was really behind the scenes until they pulled me on camera, truly was like, we need you here because we know you're doing the training. We know you're a part of this. Um, I kind of didn't realize until our show ended. And I was like, I can do anything, right? I felt like I could do anything. I didn't know the difference between male, female. And then I landed in a world where we were creating businesses and it was a really tough reality for me to suddenly feel like I had so much to say and I could see the matrix more than anybody else in the room. And I was wanted to protect Chris and all, cause I'm a protector, I'm a fixer and to sit in a room with men. And I hate to say, but truly for years, I sat in rooms and it was almost like I didn't deserve to be there and like I should be at home cooking, right? And that was a really hard challenge for me that so many times made me want to go crawl in a hole like my shell and disappear. But I don't know. I, I don't know that I have it in me to crawl in a hole and disappear. And I just kept going and going and going and all like outlasting all of the things. But that was a very, very difficult thing for me to be like, oh my gosh, maybe I don't belong. Oh my gosh. Maybe when, cause you know, I, I felt like for so long as a woman, I could say something so nice. It didn't matter how nice I had presented something to a room. If it did not line up with certain people I was with, I was not a nice person. Right. I was, and, and so for me as a former people pleaser, I was like, man, oh my gosh, I can't speak my voice. Maybe I don't belong here. Maybe I need to do what they say. Right. I had talked to you before about maybe these people who are telling me the direction I need to go, maybe I should ignore my intuition and go with what they need. And I did 
for so long because I was so scared to have people upset with me. I felt people upset and I did not like to upset. So from after the show until probably a year and a half ago, I found myself doing kind of following everybody else's path, like just staying in there, but ricocheting and not really getting anywhere and feeling like trying to force results with everything. And I did not know that forcing was not the way. Right. Mm -hmm. And so finally getting to a place in my life where all of that hardship and all of those things that made me feel like I was not good in hindsight, I look back and I'm like, wow, those were just proving ground. That was example after example, after example saying, Heidi, this is, you need to learn to trust your intuition, right? Obviously what didn't work was not meant to work. And now that you are here, your voice matters. You should never let anybody else tell you that it doesn't matter. You should never let anybody else tell me, tell you which direction you should go or shouldn't go. And what your gut saying is actually the truth. So that was a very, very interesting phase for me, but it definitely was a thing that panned out. Mm, What an incredible journey to share. Thank you. Yes. What comes to mind for me is that people can't give us directions to places they've never been. Yeah. 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 And one other thing I realized even in that, for me, in that phase, um, in hindsight, I, I realized there was so much fear associated with letting go of what wasn't good for me. Right. Mm. Um And that knowing that if I were to let go, I think logically I knew, okay, if I let go, there's something better for me that feels right. Right. But there's so much fear associated with not having or being uncomfortable for a while that we as humans tend to cling on to what's not good for us. Right. Because of comfort. Right. And so it's like, I can point to, there were business relationships and there were plenty of relationships where I knew in my gut, these things were not good for me. I knew that there was toxicity, but there was so much fear of if I let go and if I'm on my own, what if it's not okay? Right. I don't remember who said it. Someone has said this, but something to the effect of if pain of change exceeds pain of remaining the same. So if, if, if the perceived pain of change exceeds the pain of remaining the same change will never happen. Right. And so in my mind, I thought, gosh, the pain of changing the pain of jumping to something new and potentially in a relationship being alone or potentially in business, not having enough, right. It was keeping me inside of these things that were tearing away at my soul. And it wasn't until I said, no, okay. The pain of remaining the same is far greater than any pain of change. And I'd rather be without than be stuck in something that is eating my soul. Right. And that was me ignoring my intuition over here. And so there was a point um, in a handful of ways where I decided to jump. And this was actually career wise. I hate to say career because it's passion. Mm -hmm. Passion wise, I jumped from what I knew and the only thing I knew and years and years, a decade of what I had built. I took a leap into a space of nothing a year and a half ago. And it's so interesting how it was then and only then in a space of clearing, in a space of ignoring this cultural and societal idea that hustle is the only way to do it. 
right? Mm -hmm. And I let myself be free for the first time in my life. About eight months after I kept just enough income and I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to make money. I had just gone through a divorce, all of the things. I don't know what's going to happen. And I don't even know who I want to be. I don't even know what I want. Right. So it was a couple of years ago. I things when I let go of control of forcing what was, and I let the universe do its thing, all the things that I didn't even know were there for me just started coming. And it was like, I had this idea before that you needed a big goal, right? And then you do everything you can to work toward that big goal. And now this, like, I'm just going to be free for a minute. And I know who I am. I know I work hard. I know I'm a good person. I know all, I know I'm talented, all of the things I'm going to let come to me. What's meant to come to me. And all of what is right now, every single bit of what is right now has literally been something that again, God, the universe has been like, okay, here, this is what's next. And what's interesting is as I've seen it come together, I'm like, no way. Like this is toward the thing that like, I always thought I wanted, but I let go of control and force and let flow guide me to where I meant to be. Mm. It's incredible. What an incredible story. Thank you. I mean, it, 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 there are no words. It's, it's like where it's, it's that sense for me of like, gosh, I would love to do that. And that stepping off the cliff into that void of nothingness is so frightening. And yet you had the courage to do that. And now you get to come back and share with us what's on the other side. No. Yeah. And I, I mean, really for anybody listening, I think everything is on the other side. You start like for me now, I I'm at a point where I might, I realize whatever I thought I was chasing. Cause we talked about summiting you and I were, you know, talking about summiting a mountain. What's interesting. Someone had asked me recently, they said, what's your definition of success? Mm. And I thought about, it took a couple of weeks and then we would keep revisiting it. And I actually was like, you know, cause people think People think they want a certain goal, but they don't want the goal. What they want is they want the feeling of what the goal will bring. And the feeling really for most people leads to, they want enoughness and they want love. They want to be all of the things, right? And so a goal, like what would a certain goal mean about you? It would mean that I, you know, what for me, I realized that success, like if I think about success, what is success? When I get here, it's being content with what I have right? So actual success is getting to a point where I am content with what I have. Okay. So if I'm chasing being content with what I have, why do I have to wait until I get there to be content with what I have? Why can't I mirror that feeling now? Why can't I be content with what I have now and get rid of Buddha's misery contract, right? The idea that like wanting something means that I'm living in lack and I'm actually unconscious, subconsciously making a, you know, a, a contract with myself to be miserable until I get what I want. Why can't I love and be successful now and still, and still strive for growth. So to me, like there, I believe success can be where we are. And I actually feel like success is where I am. And also I love growth. I love the feeling that growth gives me 
then it keeps me out of happiness is not over there. Happiness is here. And I believe that this feeling that I have is 100% the result of all of the things that I've been through. I've had two divorces. I had an abusive father. I had, you know, I, an eating disorder. I had all of these things. I had a, a lot of trauma in my life. I've had sexual, um, why can't I trauma in my life as well. And all of these things have led me to a place where I'm like, gosh, I can think that happiness is on the other side of healing, but I can actually have it all now and I can heal. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Incredible. So you've started to set goals in a way that don't come from a place of scarcity. You're excited and you're passionate about what can, what you can achieve and create. And in the moment, feeling so centered in the fact that everything that you have and want and desire is here today. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I actually, have you ever read the book hope for the flowers? No. Oh my God. I love it. Everybody listening needs to listen to hope for the flowers. Um, it's a children's book. And it's, it's a thick children's book and it's about a 25 minute read and it will change your life. I'm not kidding you. I cannot read the book without getting emotional. And it's the concept that we all spend our life. So there's this thing called the caterpillar pillar and most caterpillars are hustling to climb the caterpillar pillar because the caterpillar and no one knows where they're going. Like, and no one has time to even ask what they're going. Like they just know everyone's trying to get to the top, right? So all these caterpillars are climbing the caterpillar pillar and they're asking, they're like, who cares what the, we just, what the, what we want is there. Right. And there's this caterpillar that kind of falls by the wayside and said, I feel like there's more right. And this person that stops, uh, and, and just because she, she follows her intuition right? Mm -hmm. She doesn't follow what the crowd is doing. She doesn't follow the sheep. She doesn't listen to what they're saying to get, you know, right. They don't even know where they're going. And she follows her intuition and she leaves the hustle, the grind, the caterpillar pillar where people are being mean. They're stepping on each other's faces to get above the other and never looking each other in the eyes, all of these things. And it's this beautiful story of this caterpillar who lets go, right. Kind of like I did. She lets go of what's comfortable, what everybody's doing, what's safe, like everyone's this way to do what she knows is best, even though she doesn't know what's on the other side of this. And she gets to a point where somebody shows her how to build a cocoon. And like, we, she's like, wait, I have it in me to build a cocoon. I I have this in me. And if I was busy climbing the caterpillar pillar, I could not do this. Right. So she builds a cocoon and she here. And she becomes this beautiful butterfly because she took time and space to create a clearing and listen to who she, what her gut said, even though everybody else told her she was crazy, right? Mm -hmm. And she was able to make it to the top of the caterpillar pillar and see that there was absolutely nothing, right? Mm -hmm. And that caterpillars were falling off dying. And it, it is such a good reminder that Yeah. And I've been inside of it. I've, I've experienced both sides of these things. I have experienced for most of my life climbing the caterpillar pillar because I thought I needed to. And then I've also over the past couple of years experienced letting come to me, what's meant to come to me 
And truly, that is where my greatest evolution has happened because I'm no longer forcing. I'm letting all of these years of experience and knowledge kind of sit and be molded into what they're meant to be. Mm. Incredible. If I say the word surrender, does that have meaning for you? Is that reflective of any part of your process? 100%. Yeah. Um, have you read Michael Singer's The Surrender Experiment? I have. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Another and book recommendation. Yes. Yeah. It's a really, really good one. And that's really what it is. And I think people often confuse um, surrender with laziness, right? Like I'm going to like, oh, they're, sur- they're saying surrender, surrender. I shouldn't work. No, I fully believe in working and be again, I believe in growth, right? So I think you can surrender and simultaneously still grow as a human. And I believe that when those two are, they coexist together. I believe that's when we find our path, right? Mm-hmm. I wholeheartedly believe in surrender and in not trying to control the things which, you know, we're not meant to control and only controlling the things with which we are right. Our effort put in and our attitude as we're in it, you know, and our ability to choose to follow our gut or not. Those are the things which I believe we should control the other things. There is a beauty to surrender, but you don't really know uh, how it feels until you make the commitment to do it, you know? Mm-hmm. And it takes time and patience, like everything. Yeah. For you, Heidi, was there a, a process, you know, you, you talked about sort of being on the precipice of this great beyond and knowing in your intuition and the most core and honest parts of yourself that there was something different and more that you were meant to pursue, to move toward was there a process that you went through that allowed you to, to let go of some of the old ways or, or the shoulds? You know, it's interesting. Um, so I have a couple of parts to this answer. The first thing I'll say is I actually felt lost right before I felt like I was found. Oh, wow. So most of the things in my life, I don't, I mean, I've always worked hard. I've always had a good heart. I've always been passionate about what I do. So that has been consistent, but I, I felt lost. I, I, yeah, my process was I was going through my second divorce, which was really freaking hard for me. Mm -hmm. I went through one divorce that I chose my first divorce after two kids um, in the middle of an eating disorder. Right. And then I went through a second divorce that I did not choose. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't know that I thought we were, you know, meant to be together forever, but there was an ego to, I can't be this woman who's been twice divorced. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I would have fought for that marriage all day, every day, if it took me down and it, you know, it kind of, it kind of did, but I would have been, it, it would have stopped me from being who I was, but anyone who's been through a divorce knows that there 
is an identity crisis that you go through after. And I knew more who I was in the second divorce than I even close to who I was after the first. Like I had been on, you know, TV. I, not that that means, you know, who you are, but I had accomplished so much. I had gone from a fixed mindset to, oh my gosh, I can be something amazing. Oh my gosh, I have value. Oh my gosh, I love who I am. I thought, right? Until someone says, you're not lovable. And then I'm like, maybe I'm not lovable. Maybe I am a piece of crap. Maybe I am. You know, all, all of these things go through your head and all of what I built, we had an app, we had a supplement company. What does this mean for all of this stuff? Like, am I a nobody? Am I bad because he doesn't want me, right? Maybe I am unlovable. And so I saw some of the same patterns happening to me in who I was dating, how I was dating after, as I had early in my life. And there, you know, obviously they say patterns continue to repeat themselves until you change something. Right. right? And that is something I'm hyper aware of now, but there was so much lost, so much lost. And then I actually, that's when I decided to, okay. I actually had said, I don't know if I even care to be online anymore. This is two years ago. I don't, you know, did I only do this? Cause this was the result of me trying to make Chris's dreams happen for him. Like these aren't even my dreams. I've been chasing his dreams for him. And now I'm on my own. Why am I doing this? Am I, I don't know who I am without him. And so I actually had said, I don't want to do anything fitness again. I'm done. I don't want, you know, I don't know that I like my life being online. And I had really slowed down, really slowed down thinking I wanted a life outside of. And this is where I, you know, I spent time kind of like a volcano, right? It appears dormant on the surface. I felt stagnant, but what was happening was everything underneath. I gave myself space, right? I gave myself space and I decided, I mean, I was putting money into COVID cubes. I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do, right? Like COVID testing sites. I was doing real estate again. I was maintaining a brand, but I just didn't know where I was going to land. I actually was doing coaching, but I was doing coaching and transformation coaching, the kind of coaching that we did with the people from the inside out. And it was there. I was like, oh my gosh, I spend so much time telling people to create their why. And to know their I am statement. And I don't know if I've done this myself for about eight years, right? And so I, in my teaching, I'm like, I better practice what I preach. Like, no, I would tell people there should never be a goal or a thing that we are pursuing that is not in line with your why. And I'm like, hold on. My life has shifted so much. I need to get clear with my why and my I am statement. So in February, 2020, I actually ended up doing my, I am statement again, my why and my, and I had made a commitment to myself, all these random opportunities and things that I'm doing, if they do not align with this, it's a no, it doesn't matter how much money or how much promise or how much anything I could get out of it. If it does not align with my personal why and my, I am statement, it's a no. And so I actually, in that moment, started finding the courage to clear things from my life that did not belong, trusting and having faith that what's meant to be will come to me. And that is truly where things started opening up for me. But it took space. It took time. It took patience. It took me being okay with not having and appearing like maybe I didn't have my stuff, my crap together, because I think we spend so much time trying to be busy and trying to, you know, show to the outside world that we have it together when really we don't. 
And I had to let go of looking good for a minute and care about how I looked and felt to myself. That was my process. Hmm. What an incredible process. Oh, it's amazing to hear your story, your courage. And I just, I know your story is so meaningful for everyone who hears it. Tell us about how that's manifested for you, for, for those people listening who maybe aren't familiar with what you're in the process of creating. What has that brought you to today? Well, what's, it's so funny because I, I spent a good year and some months sitting inside of that space, right? Letting, and I, I found ways to make income and all the different things. So I was fine there, but really thinking, I didn't know what I was passionate about, right? And thinking that it was going to be outside of, and hey, I don't know if I want to be in this space. I don't know if I can make an impact in people's lives. And I actually had just by demand, I had, you know, I was dating Dave Hollis. I was helping him transform his body. And he had actually had a bunch of people say, Hey, what's your plan? What kind of a plan are you on? Like, can you share it? And so Dave was like, Hey, do you want to do, let's do a 60 day workout challenge. I'm like, okay, this is easy. This is in my wheelhouse. It's my expertise. I don't know. You know, <laughs> let's do it. And what was so cool. Cause I know most people think they want workouts, but I also know that's not what's going to make them happy. I think, and my philosophy always has been, Hey, I'm, you come to me for what you think you want. I'm going to give you what I know you need. Right. Mm. And, yeah, and so what started as a 60 day, I cannot put 50% into anything. I am a 200% into everything I do kind of person. And so this 60 day challenge, which I'm like, oh, maybe this is just, you write workouts and you give them. I didn't know. I've never done anything like this because I had only done an app before and a supplement company. And I had the most incredible, we just figured it out as we went. And what started as a 60 day fitness challenge turned into, it's not, it's still called a get fit challenge. We're on our third round right now, but it is a, it is the most beautiful, supportive loving community of people who, yes, we work out, but it's evolved so much in three rounds where it is the, it, we, there's nutrition education, there's coaching, there's yeah working out, but there's everybody in there, no matter where you are in your journey, no matter how many days you actually do a workout. If you show up in that community, you are enough. And even if you don't, you are enough. When, when you show up, we are there to remind you that you are perfect in your journey exactly as you are, because it is not until we can learn to love who we are as we are, that we can actually take the steps necessary to change the things that we want to change, right? But even changing them, it's not going to make us better. We're, we're good enough as we are. We're just going to be a slightly different version of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so it is, there are aspects that are workout. There are aspects that are nutrition, education, that we have coaching elements in it. We have coaches in there. We have amazing guest speakers. We have transformational, um, you know, inside out mindset guidance in there. It's the most beautiful thing, uh, which led to a summit. It led to an actual event that I never in my wildest dreams wanted to do. <laughs> I did not. And it happened <laughs> and it was amazing because it was so hard. And this community of people has truly watched me cocoon, go through a lot of hardship and butterfly and cry and be like, I don't know what I'm doing. And 
not give up is what it is. Not give up. They've watched me fall and not give up. They've watched me be honest and vulnerable and say when it's hard and say when it sucks and say when it's amazing and laugh and cry and all of the things. And so it, this is what my 60 day challenge is. If you want a group of people who are human, who love you for exactly who you are and will support you and lift you up and encourage you to be who you want to be. This is, this is, this is where it is. That's, that's amazing. I just signed up today, actually. Oh, you did. I did. I love this. Oh, I'm telling you it is this, there is not a group like this. Now I've, I've been in transformation for a very long time. I've never seen a group like this. They have funny sense of humor. Like they, they get me. I get them. <laughs> we have fun. Your, your vibe attracts your tribe as the old <laughs> adage says, right? Yeah. Yes. It's true. Yes. Oh, so you recently held, you talked about the summit. You recently held the show up summit, mm-hmm. which is about finding ourselves or you talk about finding the you that's within all of us. You know, it's not linear, right? But the path, it includes finding you, creating you, becoming you. Mm. Because before we can become anything, we have to find who we are. We have to see who we are. We have to be aware of who we are, right? We have to be willing to look at all of who we are. The good, the bad, the ugly. I don't even like using the word bad, but the good, the hard, and the ugly, right? The parts of us that we're ashamed to for sure show other people, but sometimes we're even ashamed to look at it ourselves. And I believe that it isn't until you can see, you can be clear with those parts of you and you can choose to see them and you can love them for what they are and who they've created and what they've created inside of you. If you can't do that, when we, if we can't get past that, it really is going to be hard to move on to the next step. So part of the process was opening our eyes to, you know, these parts of us that we thought made us flawed Mm -hmm. or these parts of us that we allow to hold us back and coming to peace with them. Right. And loving them for what they are and then leaving them where they belong, which is in the past. They have no place in front of us. Like we love to take what happened to us or what we chose or our mistakes and throw them right in front of us and make them mean that we are not good. Right. Mm -hmm. And we're not enough. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Once we can get rid of them, then we can start creating. So we have a blank canvas, right? And we are the artist. We get to create who we want to become. No one else can tell us who we, they can, and we can let them win, but we don't have to. We are the master. We are the artist. We are the sculptor. We get to create it by deciding which habits we're going to put into our lives, learning about goals, the right kind of goals attached to a why, right? And then once we know who we want to be, and once we can create that blueprint of who we want to be, right? Or who we're meant to be, because sometimes we don't know who we're meant to be. We're like, but you know, you're saying, Heidi, you know who you're meant to be. I don't know yet. We'll create who you want to be, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I believe in this process, leaving space there, we find who we're meant to be, right? It's one thing to have a blueprint. It's another to actually execute on it. Mm -hmm. So then in becoming, this is where we talk about surrender and flow versus force Mm -hmm. and all of the things that are meant to help us help carry us forward powerfully into our future, right? So this is what the summit was about. So I said, it's not linear because it's not finding, creating, becoming. 
It's finding, creating, becoming, finding, creating, becoming, because yeah, we're going to do it now, right? But we're going to do it again. So we talked about a summit. You talked about a summit. For me, it's this cyclical thing that goes on forever and ever and ever. And we are, all of it's meant to be, all of it. Like every part of what is and isn't working is exactly what we're supposed to be experiencing to make us who we are and who we're meant to be. I love it. I love it. Maybe we'll have to call the next one like the the show up experiment or the, yes! the show up exploration or something. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, I have long admired your work, Heidi, around transformation. You know, I think people use this word a lot of times. They they kind of maybe throw it around is not the right way to say it, but I think there's so many things online that are like, this is transformative and this is trans and this, and, and I've watched you be a part of real and true transformations, whether it's from, you know, extreme weight loss and seeing people transform inside and outside. And so I was wondering if you could tell us more about how it is we go about this, this process of transformation, what allows us to do this and, and how do we make it sustainable? Well, it's interesting as you're talking, I'm like, you know, it is funny. I've been saying transformation forever, but I, in this moment, I'm like, maybe I don't like the word transformation and maybe because I, it, it, you know, transformation, we change. Right. But I actually think there's something more powerful about the word evolve because I think mm. evolve to a higher level of self is what it is. Cause you're still the same spirit. Right. And you know, your soul and your body, which is your mind, all of the things are encompassed in your soul, which I believe is different than your spirit, your spirit. I don't think changes, right? It's like the innermost part of who you are, your soul, your brain, the way you think you're all the things those can actually shift and can evolve and can change. But I like evolve because I believe we evolve into a higher, our highest self, the mm-hmm. highest version of ourself over and over and over. Right. Which is a very spiritual thing. It's us allowing our spirit to kind of take over a little bit in a way that it never had before. But you were saying, how does somebody go about transforming or evolving or evolving as the case may be? Yeah. I, I believe that it all happens and can only happen with alignment, right? When we are in Mm -hmm. alignment with ourselves, when our relationship with ourselves is good and, and, and in alignment. So how do we do that? So when I used to teach transformation on the show and what I still teach slightly different words, but it's all the same thing. I used, it was through integrity. It was doing what you say you're going to do when you say you're going to do it first, or we always think to everybody else, but not just to everybody else, most importantly to ourselves. Right. And on a very tactical level in physical transformation, we would say, you know, when you tell somebody you're going to pick up their kids from school, what do you do? You pick up your kids from school. When you tell somebody you're going to, you know, make dinner and bring it to them, what do you do? You make dinner and you bring it to them. When you tell someone you're going to work out with them, what are you going to do? You're going to work out with them because you're making a commit to, commitment to somebody else. And we almost all have integrity with everybody else. But what happens, let's be honest with ourselves, what happens when we say diet starts Monday? What happens when we say 2010, that's my year, 2011, that's my year, 2013, right? We make promises to ourselves that we don't keep. And most people year after year after year, we become commitment breakers. We make a commitment. We do not see it through new year's resolutions, whatever it is. We do not see that commitment through. 
And before too, like every single time we make a commitment to ourselves and we break it, our dignity takes a hit. Our dignity is how we love ourselves. Mm. We have no integrity, broken dignity. And pretty soon we have no belief. We don't believe the words. Our words have no power. We don't believe the words that come out of our mouth anymore. Right. And so what happens is we stop speaking our commitments. And before long, we start to make silent promises to ourselves. And a silent promise, anytime anyone catches themselves making a silent promise, you know right away, you don't believe you're going to keep it. Like, why is it silent? Because if I say it out loud, those people are going to ask me if I fulfilled it. And I'm going to have to say no again. And I'm going to look stupid. So I'm going to tell myself about this promise and nobody else. You already know if that's happening, you're not going to keep the promise, right? So how do we repair our integrity with who we are? We stop making overblown promises, right? We stop thinking that we need to conquer a mountain or summit the entire thing at once. We don't, we shrink it down to little, little tiny baby promises. We call them power promises. So in Mm -hmm. transformation, we always had a thing called power promises and a power promise can be as small as moving for five minutes a day, moving deliberately for five minutes a day. Maybe it's making your bed. Maybe it's uh, drinking an extra eight ounces of water every day right? It could be something so simple, but it's something so stupidly simple. You know, you can do it every single day. Why? Yeah. Moving for five minutes a day doesn't really have much of an impact on your metabolism, but what moving for five minutes a day does, if it's a commitment that you made is it shows you that you can make a commitment or a promise to yourself and you can keep it. So if you can do that, which we've told ourselves we can't do that, right? We have no belief. We can slowly over time build a thing we call integrity momentum. And that integrity Mm -hmm. momentum can create belief in what we think we're able to do over time. If I can do this, what else can I do? Oh my gosh, if I can do this, what else can I do? So understanding, and really all of that is about our relationship with ourselves, right? It's who we show up as, Is it the same, like who we say we are, is that the same person we are showing up as every single day or is there a gap in it? Right. So when we are showing up every day is what we, who we say we are, when we're making commitments and we're fulfilling them in any area of our life, because how you do one thing is how you do everything. I completely believe it. And until we can figure out that, that formula, like how to live by that formula, which requires we have grace with who we are. We have patience with who we are. We're okay with saying no to people so we can say yes to ourselves. All of those things are what create transformation. Absolutely incredible. I love what you've created. And it's just so clear that you not only speak about this, but you've lived it. Thank you. I want to read you a quote, Heidi, that came from one of your recent social media posts. And I was so moved by what you shared. It was in part in response to the show up summit and I'll read, I'll read it back to you. And I'd, I'd love to hear from you maybe just to expound or extrapolate a little bit on what you're hoping to share and, and reflect back to people that you're working with, because it's, it's so beautiful. You wrote practicing gratitude for all of it, dot, dot, dot. Then Letting go of the limiting beliefs that are holding us back from who we're meant to become. Each person so courageously making a conscious choice to see the parts of us that are hard to see, to take a stand for who we are 
and to acknowledge and accept and believe we are all worthy of greatness. We are greatness. I believe that. I I don't even know. Um, I don't even think I would add any words. I remember typing it and I remember crying as I typed it. And I probably even said in the caption, I'm crying as I type this because I do. (laughs) Um, It's funny because I, I always have said, I'm not a great writer, right? Fixed mindset. Like I said at the beginning, I'm not a great writer, Uh, but what it is, I am a great writer when I feel what I'm writing. And in my posts, if I feel inspired, and that is, I I feel every single bit of what you just read to my core. It's incredible. I felt it too when I read it. So powerful. Thank you. Well, I'd love to ask you, I have two questions. I think I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with the one and then we'll we'll talk about where you are today. If you could go back Mm -hmm. to any time in your past as the woman you are today and give yourself some advice, what time would you go back to? And what would you tell that former version of yourself? I wouldn't. And it's funny you ask this because I, as I was creating content for the show up summit, I asked myself this question. That's so, Um, I would not I would not want to ruin a single part of what I went through because there's plenty, right? So there are plenty of times where I could, would go back to that girl. I could go back, you know, hypothetically. Right. And I'm like, man, I would tell her this and I I would tell her this, but then I'm like, no, because if I told her anything, if I gave her any advice beyond what she heard in that moment, I would be robbing her of the experience. Yes, the painful experience that she needed to feel and that she felt to land her here. That girl back then never in one million trillion trillion years would believe that like if I were to show her this video right now or just anything, if I were to show her uh, her life, right? If I were to take that girl and put her into the now, she would be like, there's no way. I mean, it. No way. No way. I would not for any amount of money go back and say one thing because she needed to feel all of the pain. She needed to make the mistakes. She needed to be abused. She needed to be hurt. She needed to feel unheard. She needed to feel worthless and all of the things, you know, and that is like what I would say to everybody. It's like, no matter where you are or how worthless you feel or how low you are, you have to feel what you're feeling now and you have to go through what you're going through to get to where you're meant to be. But you have to trust the process. You have to know that there's more and you got to get through it. Just keep going, you know? Yeah. I love that. So beautiful. Thank you. It's interesting too, because I would go back and give myself some advice. I wouldn't tell her too much but I would tell her the last words that you said, which is keep going. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. Maybe a blanket over time of you're exactly where you need to be. Right. Mm -hmm. That's a big thing. And I, that I have to remind myself of still and people in my community, it is a constant 
hey, you are exactly where you're supposed to be. Whether it's clicking, whether it's not, whether you're hurt, whether you're depressed, you are exactly where you're supposed to be. Like this is a gift, a gift from God, truly. All of this pain or all of this success, whatever you're feeling is a gift, right? So if we can choose to see it that way and just trust this, the process, yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, Heidi, I know so many people are going to want to check in with you, learn more about the Get Fit Challenge. How can we find you online and interact with all of the incredible moments of community and that you're creating and conversations that you're having? Yeah. Um, so HeidiPal.net is going to be the place you can find me always. And, uh, it, for the get fit challenge, which it's amazing. HeidiPowell.net forward slash get fit. I'll keep you, you know, even if there's not a challenge running at the time, you'll get notified when one happens. It is one of the best communities to be a part of. And then I'm pretty present on Instagram. So at real Heidi Powell is my Instagram handle. I have a handful of other things, YouTube, but I'm not as present anywhere else as I am YouTube or on Instagram or my website. So those are the places to find me and news of anything else new coming out. Woo. Yeah. Oh, so exciting. Good luck on the get fit challenge. Good luck to you. Also good luck to me because yes. I signed up and I'm going to be participating. Yes. So woo. It's going to be so great. For you. Yes. <laughs> oh. And it has just been such a pleasure to have you on the show. Your perspectives are so powerful and so informed and it's just a, a tremendous honor to, to learn from you and to get to hear your stories and to share in your wisdom. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. What a pleasure. What a pleasure. Thank you so much, Hello. Heidi Powell. Until next time. Thank you so much for coming to Flourish or Fold Stories of Resilience, where well-known people share their lesser well-known stories of resilience. Heidi, you shared so many incredible challenges with us today that were such a beautiful and courageous peek behind the scenes to the woman that you have become and you are today. I love that we're thinking about recasting the word transformation and substituting the word evolution. And for a long time, I am going to be thinking about how I can put down the struggle that I feel, the scarcity when I set goals, and do more of this powerful work around surrender. Thank you, Heidi. And for all of you who are tuning into this podcast, we ask you to please share our work, Flourish or Fold, Stories of Resilience, to the people in your life that are important to you that you love, your colleagues, your friends, your families, your pet groomer, your best friend, your neighbors down the street. We'd love to get the word out about the conversations around what are the challenges that truly shape us and significantly enhance the people we are in service of our resilience. Until next time, this is Dr. Taryn Marie.